the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Today is an incredible day, and let me tell you why. Today we will be live casting in Hawaii. Isn't that amazing? That is that is God. So for all those that are listening today, brothers and sisters, welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. And, and so I am excited because I had a stint where I lived in Hawaii for several years. And today, since we are broadcasting not only to San Diego, all of San Diego County, but also to Honolulu, Hawaii, and that whole island of Oahu, I have someone from Hawaii who is amazing, who was born there, who was raised there, went to school, went to church, got married, had children. So today I have Butch Medeiros, who I've had here before. And so thank you for tuning in and tell someone about the show, Hawaii. I am excited to be here and to be able to stream to you today on the word. So praise the Lord. Um, And I want you to stick around if you're just tuning in right now, because we're going to start in the book of Daniel today. So without further ado, Butch, Brada, thank you for joining us on the show again. And I think it's so apropos for you to be here. You were born, you were raised there. So, Tell us a little bit about you so our folks and our new uh, audience from Hawaii can know who you are, Butch. Aloha, brother Adam. Uh, I'm Butch Maderis. I was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, I was raised in Kailua. I went to school out there, graduated at Kailua High School. Um, You know, was there most of my life. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, my wife and my two sons, uh, we prayed about it and packed up and, and moved to Las Vegas. But in the meantime, we were, you know, going to church out there. We were going to Grace Bible, uh, West Oahu, and uh, uh, Pastor Sid Sumida at the time. And, uh, you know, that's where I got saved out there. I was... Um, Saved in October of 1987 after uh, my wife uh, rededicated herself to the Lord. And uh, I was born and raised Catholic, and I thought I knew it all and thought I knew Jesus as much as I did and never wanted to go to church with her. And then um, one day uh, woke up in, on a Sunday morning. She was getting baptized that day and going to do her testimony, and I woke up and, and said, let's go. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, I'm going to go to church with you. And I went to church with her, and uh, she was up there doing a testimony, and I I kind of walked up there and cut in at, uh, towards the end, and I said, I want what she wants. And, uh, you know, that the rest was history. That, that evening, a uh, couple of the assistant pastors met with me, met with me in uh, Waipau, and uh, we talked, and uh, I gave myself to the Lord, and never looked back since. Woohoo! That is awesome, bro. You went to to church in Waipau? Yeah, we uh, at the time we were uh, well, we were living in Kalihi first, and then uh, Kalihi. Uh, <laughs> I lived there yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, and then we moved out to Mililani, and uh, was going to church out there in Waipau. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I had a chance to live in Mililani, too, because I sold real estate uh, in Hawaii, and I worked at a, at a, a 
company called Locations Incorporated. At that time, it was one of the biggest uh, real estate companies there. But it's not about me today, Butch. Let me ask you, how is it growing up in Hawaii? Because, you know, you guys have like the best waves in the world and paradise out there and it's beautiful. How was it growing up on the rock, bro? Oh, it was amazing. You know, um, you know, Hawaii is beautiful. You can't, uh, there's nowhere else like it in the world. I mean, uh, some people may disagree with me, but, you know, uh, we've always had good weather. We have the ocean. Uh, we have the mountains, you know, Malka, Makai, you know. Um, you know, we had plentiful food that we could get off the land, uh, whether we, you were hunting or fishing or diving or, uh, you know, just picking stuff, you know, in the mountains. Uh, but it was amazing life growing up there, but it, it got to a point for us where, um, you know, there's a saying being priced out of paradise. And for the, a lot of the local families, they have to move out because you, they can't afford to buy a home or they can't afford to live there. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they got to live with their family, uh, in order to make it or work several jobs and, uh, just came to a point in our lives where we just prayed about it and felt the Lord calling us to uh, move. And I had a job offer in Las Vegas. And, of course, Las Vegas is called the Nine Island. And uh, there's many Hawaiians there, many Hawaii people. And uh, we just, you know, we kind of felt at home there for a while. But uh, after being there for seven and a half years, um uh, the Lord called us to California and and implanted there for um, from 2002 to 2020. Uh, now we're here retired in Arizona, in Buckeye, Arizona. Right. You know, Hawaii is kind of like, like San Diego, brother. Let me tell you why. Because they're pricing out everybody as well here. And people are moving out to like Arizona or further out to like the desert areas in California. Um, it's not very good for the locals because they get kicked out of their own lands. You know, uh, you grew up in Kailua, you said, right? Yes. So I had a good friend, Donnie Ho Jr., who lived in Kailua as well, and they had a house over on that side. Um and let me tell me a little bit about Kailua because Kailua is right next to Kaneohe. Um, tell me a little bit about that area. And uh, so our audience can get a little more uh, familiar with you. Well, you know, Kailua is a beautiful part of the island. You know, um, I actually started growing up in Keolu Hills. In Enchanted Lakes, right there on Keolu Drive. Right. Uh, 11 houses right down from Keolu Elementary School. And uh, in 1987, uh, the house that my parents were renting there, the uh, landlord got sick. The kids took it over, and they sold the house. So um, my parents ended up meet, uh, moving to off of Oneava in Kailua, uh, in the heart of Kailua Town, and they they moved there in 1987. They're still there till today. Uh, you know, they're still in Cairo. My fa- you know, most of my family is uh, still there in, in Hawaii, uh, except for myself and my younger brother who lives in California. Uh, my wife's family is still there. Um, you know, so in fact, we just uh, came home from, we, we went home for vacation for a week. And yeah, tell me a little bit about that. You went with an, with your pastor who also lived in Hawaii for a little stint, Pastor Mike, and you guys went to a, a Calvary Chapel. Was it a pastor's conference? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we went home. We were there from um, August 15th to the 22nd. Uh, went home for a pastor's conference at Calvary Chapel Honolulu. Uh, it was amazing to you know, reconnect with, uh, you know, brothers in, in the Lord, pastors uh, that we knew for a long time, and we got to reconnect with them. And um, our our pastor, Mike Chon, who originally from California, 
Well, he, he pastored Calvary Chapel Molokai back in, uh, I want to say, about 2000. Bro, there's nothing in Molokai. 2007. <laughs> huh? There's nothing in Molokai. Yeah, there, it's it's a beautiful island, but too, you know, I mean, uh, we basically, between my wife and I, we pretty much have Ohana on all the islands. Mm, I love it. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, but anyway, it was a good time to be back home and see our families and go to the conference and uh, just reconnect and you know um, hopefully soon we'll be going back home again Hawaii will always be home Amen. to us you know it's always in our heart um, even you know even though we live on the mainland Hawaii will always be home so, and a lot of friends and, and family there so let me ask you how hard is it to be a Christian in Hawaii because, you know, especially like in Honolulu, Waikiki, there's a lot of bars and a lot of tourists and a lot of partying and a lot of stuff going on. How hard is it to be a Christian or how easy is it to be a Christian in Hawaii? Well, you know, um, if you're following the Lord wholeheartedly and you're a true Christian, yeah, the temptations are going to be there of, all these different things, you know, uh, bars and uh, different party lifestyle and, and different things. But, if, you know, if you're walking steady with the Lord, you should be able uh, to get the conviction of the Holy Spirit and, and you know, be turned away from doing those types of things or sinning. And, and we all know the Christian walk's not easy. Amen. Uh, it's easy to get tempted. It's easy to fall. Um, but... You know, if you're keeping your focus on the Lord, um, you'll be able to uh, get through a lot of those things. But, uh, you know, believe it or not, a lot of people think, you know, Hawaii being an island, uh, there's not too many churches. But, you know, there's a lot of guys, a lot of uh, good brothers out there doing street evangelism in in Waikiki and um, different areas of the island. So, uh, you know, we're getting out there, man, and we're preaching the gospel, and we're sharing about Jesus, man. And I, I think more than ever in these times that we're in, uh, people are waking up. And people are waking up and seeing that they need to come to Jesus and come to a, a saving knowledge and having a relationship with Him. It's great to see Ohana and friends uh, coming to the Lord in these days, in these times that we're in. And, I, and I've been seeing more and more of them just keep coming and um, giving their lives to Christ and, and following Him. And it's just, it, it's just an awesome thing to see. Amen. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. And today we are starting our live broadcasting in Hawaii. And I have an incredible, incredible man who was born, was raised in Hawaii, Butch Medeiros. And Butch, thank you so much for being here. And I know, you know, you've been in California for a little while, but like you said, Hawaii is always on your heart and it's amazing. Let me switch gears a little bit right now, Butch. So, you know, right now there's a lot of stuff going on in Hawaii. Right now I'm wearing my Maui shirt, bro. Maui and Sons. All right. And, you know, Maui's in my heart too because, you know, I, I – once you live there for more than a couple of years, you, you learn the culture and, you know, you start talking pigeon and everything. But uh, let me ask you a little bit about uh, what's going on in Maui and, and the fires. You know, um, here's just a straight up question. Do you think that it was planned? You know, what happened in Hawaii recently with the fires that happened in Maui? Just straight up, bro. Answer me. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it was planned. I, I'm not going to um, move around that. I, I think a lot of this was planned. There's just too many things uh, that we're seeing, and, and that just doesn't add up. Uh, you know, uh, even with getting help to the local people, it just it just saddens me. It's a burden um, that we see that the help is not getting all the help's not getting to them and. Um, you know, containers are being blocked and 
Um, wait, wait, wait. Or not. Did you say containers and, and stuff is getting blocked from getting there? Um, yeah, there's some things that, um, you know, have been not getting to the people. Uh, they get to the island, but they're not getting out there to the people. But, wow. you know, praise God for the local churches. I mean, there's um, so many um, local churches out there that uh, King's, uh, King's Church. Uh, I got a, a lot of friends that go to that church, the Calvary Chapels, uh, you know, um, Calvary uh, West Side Maui, which is right there in Lahaina, Pastor Steve Santos. Uh, you got Sean Hausman, uh, you know, at, at a Calvary uh, Central there. And you, and you have Rick Nagura up there in uh, Calvary Upland. But, you know, all these churches are coming together and um, doing what they got to do to uh, make sure that people get their help. And and a lot of these guys, their families lost their homes. They lost their livelihoods. Breaks my you know, heart. and yeah, and, and you know, when uh, Steve spoke, Steve Santos spoke at the pastor's conference, man, he, it, he had, you know, all of us in that sanctuary, we just broke down, man, just listening to what they're having to go through. And, and you know, a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, there was a few churches that were spared. Uh, Steve, Steve thought their church was gone. Uh, they they thought they lost their church in the fire when until they were able to go back in and their church was still standing. But uh, Ooh, praise right now, the Lord! Right, yeah, you know, praise God that He sustained a lot a lot of uh, churches. Um, some of the churches and some of them didn't make it as well. But you know, right now they're being told that they can't use the building. Um, what they're they're being told that it may take up to two to three years. You're kidding me. They can't they can go even... into their own properties. Yeah. That's what they've been told. That's what we were told by them, you know, that they can't go back in there because um, the, you know, FEMA and the government saying that, uh, you know, uh, it's toxic and uh, because of all the fires and the old buildings and uh, you know, they're talking about asbestos and lead and, and they're just saying the area is, um, you know, not uh, feasible for them to go in. But that's that's where they're at right now. Wow. So how are they? You, you know, there's there's still like a lot of children and a lot of people unaccounted for. Are do you know if they're still looking for people? And well, now it's bodies. Are they still doing that, or or, or what's going on there, Butch? You know, I'm I'm not sure where they're at with that right now. I mean, I haven't got a, a, an update on that, but I'm I'm sure they are um, still looking. You know, um, you know, uh, um, that's going to be a big effort. You know, bro. You know, I I I heard about a lady who who was crying, wanted to get back into her to her, go get her son, and they didn't let her, and they found her son hugging the dog on the steps, man. That is so sad what happened there. I, it's mm-hmm. incredible. So let me ask you a question. You know, I, I've seen peeps, some videos where a lot of the locals are saying, no, you're not taking our land. We're not selling it to you. How is that going on? Because I read that there are contractors, all kinds of people are calling, will buy your properties. You think the locals are going to give in to that? I mean, what if they got mortgages on their properties? Um, I I believe not. I don't think they will. Um, not willingly or not easily, you know. Um, that would be, you know, something to uh, maybe next time ask one of the local pastors that's on the ground over there, you know. So I'm hearing, but, uh, I'm hearing like, like, like reports where. You know, people don't have money, and 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 some people are giving in. You know, because man, it's hard, Butch. You know, when I think of Maui, I love Lahaina. That the one tree, the one tree that was there, that you know had like a tree house and was just beautiful, burnt down, Butch. Yeah, um, well, the the main tree, I guess they call it the banyan tree. It's is still up, but you know, yeah, there's there's a lot of different 
things that got burned up. But yeah, um, it, it's hard, you know, unless you're going to get updates every day or every week. But, um, you know, again, one of the local pastors will be able to answer those questions a lot better. But, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of work going on and they're doing as much as they can to provide for their people. Um, even uh, uh, Pastor J.D. said in his message on Sunday, you know, that they're working to uh, get a bunch of cars for people who lost their cars. And, uh, you know, so, uh, that, you know, that's amazing that they're working on things like that. Um, right now, you know, tourism is down over there from what I see. Uh, you know, there's a report they got 18,000 rental cars sitting outside of the Maui airport. But, wow. Uh, you know, the whole island's affected because the rest of Maui is open. Um, people can still go visit, just stay out of Lahaina, uh, because the rest of the island is still open. And these people that work in the hotels in the rest of the island and uh, other businesses, they need to survive. Amen. So you and, would encourage and, people to come? I, I would. That's my opinion. You know, just just stay out of the Lahaina area. And, uh, but the rest of Maui, they, they can still go visit and, and support the locals who have businesses Amen, over there brother. because they're, they're hurting over there, man. And, and um, I, I know I've seen reports of uh, people, you know, getting laid off at their jobs at the hotels and, and different areas in the areas that wasn't affected. Um, you know, so it's it's going to be a thing where everyone's going to hurt if there's no support there. So we, we need to support by still visiting Maui. I, I, I got a question for you or actually more of a what would you tell someone that's listening right now and, and has family in Maui? How, how would you encourage them? But how would what would you tell them? Well, you know, first and foremost, if, if you're not following Jesus Christ, um, you need to get your heart right and accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, because um, without him, we, we can't do anything and we can't get through anything. Um, of course, you know, we've been through some uh, tragic stuff in our life, too. But, yes. you know, without without the Lord, you know, we couldn't get through it. But I, I just want to encourage you guys to just Follow Jesus, follow him wholeheartedly, uh, rely on him. He's the only one that's going to get us through these difficult times. And, you know, we, we're seeing Bible prophecy happen before our very eyes right now. Um, and we need to keep our eyes focused on him, and we need to keep it fixed on him. That's the only way we're going to make it through this. Amen. We have a few minutes left. You want to pray for... For for those that are listening today, and they'll tell their friends about this show, um, can, can, you want to pray for them, but you want to pray for those that are hurting, those that may have family there. You want to pray for them right now, brother. Yeah, we we'll, we'll do that, man. Father, we just come to you right now, Lord, and we just lift up all of our Ohana and friends on the islands, Father, Amen. and Lord, we lift up every island to you, Lord, and all. Our, our family and friends on there, Lord. We pray, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would just help them to get through all that they need to get through, Lord, with um, difficult times approaching, Lord, and, and you know, with inflation and everything that's going on, Lord. Just trying to survive, Lord. And we know on the islands um, some families got to work two and three jobs just to make it. Well, Lord, right now we want to just lift up the island of Maui to you, Father. Lord, we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would just sweep across that land, sweep across the island, Father. Just um, bring all the um, supplies and the provisions that the people need. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would continue to provide for them, Lord. We know that you're Jehovah Jireh. You're the great provider, Lord, so provide for them, Lord, and just get the help that the people need, Lord, the kapuna need, their medications, their supplies, everything that those families need, Lord, cars, 
places to live, to stay right now, Lord. We know that you're the great provider and you will provide for them. And Lord, we pray for all the churches to keep rising up and to keep helping that island. We just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Butch, thank you so much, Rada, for being on the show. We'll be right back and we'll be in the book of Daniel, San Diego in Hawaii. Stay tuned as we begin the book of Daniel. We'll be right back. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at Bistro at the Peer.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. Thank you so much for listening today, Hawaii. And we will be back every Sunday from 5 to 6, just like we are here in San Diego. San Diego, here we go with the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel. And, and this is an incredible book. And as we started, I want to make sure that I give you a little history of the book of Daniel before we get started. And know this, that we are praying for Maui and, and all the Ohana from there. We're praying for the rest of the islands. And if you haven't been to Maui, it's still open, just Lahaina's closed. But as we go into the book of Daniel, I want you to make sure that this book was written by Daniel himself. Daniel was a man of God. Not only that, there's been some critics that criticize this book as not being authentic. And guess what? When we found a Dead Sea Scrolls um, in, in Jerusalem, in Israel, what's amazing about this, guess what? The book of Daniel was there. And they've dated the Dead Sea Scrolls to like around 170 A.D. A lot of people didn't believe this because Daniel with accuracy predicted the future. And he predicted the future because God gave it to him. God told him what was going to happen. He was sold out for the Lord. Now, what I like about Daniel is that Jesus also, Jesus himself, confirmed that the, there was a book of Daniel in Matthew 24, 15, as he quoted Daniel the prophet in Matthew 24, 15. Now, this is an amazing book because God always, always was is someone who warns you, who, who repeatedly says, come to me, worship me. See, we were created with a purpose. We were created to worship God. And as he created us, man was given the earth. Man was a, probably was going to be able to visit the whole universe because it was created by God himself. Remember, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he gave it to Adam and then to Eve as Eve was taken from Adam. But the, by this time, when Daniel had wrote the book, God had warned the people. He had warned them to get right, not to turn from God. Now, what's incredible about this book is as we begin to read, there's some history here. This land of, of the Chaldeans, this land of, I, we know it now as modern-day Iraq, was one day called Shinar. It used to be called Shinar. It was 
a, a place that was founded by Nimrod all the way back in the book of Genesis after the flood. Now, Nimrod, it's important to know this in Genesis 10 from 6 to 10 was this. Uh, and here's this. Here's this genealogy. It says this in Genesis 10, 6 to 10. It says this. And the sons of Ham, Cush and Mizranim, Fut and Canaan, the sons of Cush, Seba and Havilah and Sabta and Rama and Saptaka, and the sons of Rama, Sheba and Dedan, and Cush begot, check this out, Nimrod, he began to be a mighty one in the earth, and he was a mighty hunter. For those of you that are listening to Hawaii, this should be eye-awakening to you that the person that first founded Iraq, the guy that founded the land of Shinar was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Rimdot, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And he, beginning of his kingdom, was Babel, and Erek and Kassah and Kanah in the land of Shinar. Now, What's in, what's pretty amazing is he was the founder of the land of, of Shinar. He was the one that built this crazy tower that wanted to reach out to heaven. It says in Genesis chapter 11, the Horeth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from these that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, which is Babylon, which we've known it as Babylon in modern modern day Iraq, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto the heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. See, we're almost there now. And that's why Daniel is such an important book for us to start off on. We are of one language almost upon the whole planet Earth. You can literally go on the Internet and be able to translate any language. That's one of the signs that we're getting close. God will not allow that to go too much longer because what happens is the Earth begins to come together and let me read you what it says. In, in, in uh, 11, Genesis eleven five. the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. This they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jehovah, and they're confounded their language that they may not understand one another's speech. And the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left up to build the city. Isn't that incredible? So this is finally where Daniel ends up at, which was the land of Shinar. Now, let's start reading as we go through here. But they're in this land because of their disobedience, Without further ado, let's start. <laughs> Chapter 1, verse 1 of Daniel. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Did you hear that? Nebuchadnezzar besieged it, took it over, conquered it, because the people of Israel had rebelled. The people of Israel had had rebelled. Look what it says. And it says this. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, unto his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried unto the land of what? The land of Shinar, the land where it all began, where this mighty hunter Nimrod had built this city, and all of it just comes right back to the same place, the kingdoms had continued. It had been started by Ham's descendants, but eventually it was Shem's descendants, the Chaldeans, who took over, who eventually Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, conquered Jerusalem. Now, 
When we read the second verses, which he carried into Lena Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought all the vessels onto the treasure, the house of God. Now, it isn't something that just God did. It isn't that God was being mean to them. He had warned them, get right. Jeremiah the prophet had previously told them, and Jeremiah 25, 5 to 11 says this, And they said, Turn you again now, everyone from his evil way and from the evil of your doings, in the well and the land that the Lord hath given unto you and to your father forever and ever. Get right. This is the land that God gave you. And go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them and to provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands. And I will do you no hurt. Do the right thing and I won't hurt you. I'll let you prosper. And go not after other gods to serve them and to worship and to provoke me to anger with the works of your hands. And I will and I will do you no hurt. I just reread it so that we can understand. Yet you have not hearkened unto me, saith the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. He says, you're doing this to yourself. I am warning you. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words, because you're not listening, because you're not turning from your evil works. Look what it says. Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, of Shinar, my servant, and will bring them against the land and against the inhabitants thereof and against all these nations Round about, and I will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment and a hissing and a perpetual desolation. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, the sound of the milestone, and the light of the candle. 11 says this, and this whole land should be a desolation. Remember, it was a beautiful land. It was a land that had one of the wonders of the world at that time, the temple that Solomon built unto God. And an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon. Listen, 70 years. You know, I know that if you just tuned in from Hawaii, you can go back to previous previous shows from Freedom with Adam Riojas, And that's all you got to look up because we just went through the book of Zechariah and previous to that, we went to the book of Malachi, how after they were released for, after being in the land of Shinar and Babylon for 70 years, God released them. But they were take, they were, this was a warning. You will go into this land and you will be taken captive for 70 years In, in Jeremiah 29. 10, it says this, for thus says the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and causing you to return to this place. They had to be there for 70 years. God spoke it, God said it, and God made it come to pass. Listen, we don't have to go through all this madness. The people didn't have to go through it at that time. All we got to do is make our heart right with God. If you're not right with God, today is the day of salvation. Today you can turn to him. Listen, brothers and sisters in Hawaii, Jesus is the only way. For you folks that are listening here in San Diego and and have been following the show with freedom with Adam Riojas, you can follow Jesus today. You don't have to go through what all these folks did Because they rebelled against God for 70 years. And they surely went into captivity. Verse 3 of Daniel 1 says, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel of the king's seed and of the princes. Now, why would the king speak to Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs? Because what happened is they brought all these young folks to the palace and the king would make sure that they would become eunuchs. A eunuch is, is, is a man whose, whose private is cut off because this way they couldn't mess around. They couldn't mess with the king's wives. 
the king was a smart man. He wouldn't want them to be around his women. And so as you read that, what's mind-boggling to me is Isaiah, the prophet, who was at least 100 years prior to this, close to 100 years, prophesied in Isaiah chapter 39 this. And at the time of Merodach Baladon, the son of Baladon, king of Babylon, king of Babylon, sent letters and presented to Hezekiah, for he had heard that he had been sick and was recovered. This is during the time when King Hezekiah was king, and God had given him extra years because he had repented of being this bad king. And Hezekiah was glad of them and showed them the house of his precious things, the silver, the gold, and the spices, and the precious ointment, all that, that, and the house of his armament, all that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in the house or in the dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Hezekiah, Hezekiah became prideful. He showed them everything. But the Babylonians had different intentions when they came to look at the house. They wanted to see what was there. And Hezekiah proudfully showed them everything. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah and said unto them, what saith these men, and from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country to me, even from Babylon. Then said he, What have they seen in the house? And Hezekiah answered, All that is in my house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasure that I have not showed them. Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days comes that all that is in thy house, and that which thy fathers have laid upon in store until this day, shall be carried, listen, to Babylon, and nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that issue from thee, which thou beget, they shall take away, and they shall be eunuchs. Listen, eunuchs in the place or in the palace of the king of Babylon. A prophecy that wasn't fulfilled until this time, as we're reading Daniel. Daniel, as Daniel is one of the young men that's taken captive, and he's telling them the story. And it says this in verse 4 of Daniel chapter 1. Um, well, let me read 3 again, because so you can understand what we read. And the king spake unto Aspinaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. A prophecy fulfilled by Isaiah right here where they would become eunuchs, children whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding and science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Did you get that? These were outstanding children. These were young men, young children, who were well studied, who were now going to become eunuchs, just as Isaiah had prophesied when he spoke to Hezekiah. Verse 5 says this, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine that he drank, so nourishing for three years, and at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mashiach, and Azariah. These are young people that came out of Israel. Now, Daniel was, came out of the kingly line. He came out of the tribe of Judah. And so did these other young men. Daniel was a prince. Look what it says. And unto the prince of the eunuchs gave names for... For he gave them Daniel the name of Belshazzar. Daniel became Belshazzar, and to Hananiah the name Belshazzar, oh, the name Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael Meshach of Shadrach, to Mishael of Meshach, to Azariah, to Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are the names that were that were changed to the spoken language. At that time, Aramaic, Daniel's name was Belteshazzar. And it's important for you to know that Daniel came from the line of kingly 
of, of a kingly line, of the same line that Jesus came from. It's amazing to me because Daniel eventually becomes this powerful man which where he served under a lot of kings during that time. Some of the kings, of course, Nebuchadnezzar, and then followed by evil Merodach and Nargosh-Sherazar, Labashi-Merdach. None of, none of these guys that I just mentioned, the last three are mentioned in Daniel, and under Nabonidus and Belteshazzar, who was the son of Nabonidus, and co-region with him, and, and he reigned as co-region with him in Babylon. It was amazing how God used him during this period of time. But now they're eunuchs, just as Isaiah had prophesied. Because of their rebellion, now these guys were good men. These were young, good men. But as a nation, they had fallen away, just like we're doing in America now. As a nation, we're falling away. We need to come back to Jesus. We need to come back to our creator. We need to bow down and worship and say, you are God. Come into my heart, Jesus. I want to serve you. Verse 8 of Daniel says this, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with which he drank thereof. He requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my Lord and the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces likening and the children which are of your sort? Then shall you endanger my head to the king. He was right. Why should I endanger myself by you eating less than the rest? And look what Daniel said to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Remember, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, their names are mentioned to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Prove thy servants, I beseech ye. Ten days, ten days, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. They didn't want to drink all of, they didn't want to eat all of the food that, that God said had forbidden them to eat foods like that contain blood in them, like like in Leviticus 17, 10, 14 speaks about meat, uh, swine meat that was forbidden at that time from Leviticus 11, 7, and 8. And, and so Daniel wanted to keep his heart right. Let our continence be looked upon before thee in the continence of the children that eat of the, of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he considered to them this matter and proved them from 10 days. It's like fast. They just ate vegetables. It's amazing because later we see that Daniel will do a fast in later years. And, and we see that it's called the Daniel fast where we call it the Daniel fast. But it's when they're just eating vegetables. This is 10 days though. 15 says this. And at the end of the 10 days, their continents appeared fairer and fatter in flesh then all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat, they looked better than the rest of the gang. Thus Melazar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them vegetables to eat. And they were well nourished because they were keeping right in the eyes of God. Listen, you can now eat everything. Paul was very clear when he wrote to Timothy, everything you put in your mouth by prayer and supplication is clean. God chased it. He even gave Peter a, a dream later where all the animals were unclean. And of course, there was no doubt speaking about that the Gentile was coming in and what God has made clean, you can't call dirty no more. But he was also, there was a double, a double exhortation to the people about, hey, pray about your food and God will cleanse it for you. And as we continue, it, it says this. So we consented to them in the, in the matter and proved them 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, their continents appear fairer and fatter in flesh than all the churches would eat it, the portion of the king's meat. Thus, Melazar took away their portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them vegetables. Hey, thank you guys for listening. 
you know, I have my wife who's going to close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, for so much confirmation and blessings and peace that you give us within your word. Father, we want to lift up Maui to you, and and we want to pray, Father, that you would just pour your blessings and, and protection around that family and allow them to get relief, Father God, that only comes from you. And so we lift them up in your prayers, and we thank you so much for this opportunity to reach more outside of California. Woohoo! Hawaii, thank you for listening in today. We will be back next Sunday. Aloha, and you are the kind for listening today. We love you, and Ohana, thank you for listening. We will be back. We love you, and know that Jesus has something special for you. Maui, we are praying for you. San Diego, continue to listen, and we'll be next back next Sunday in Hawaii and in California from 5 to 6. We love you, and Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Woohoo! Freedom with Adam Rojas. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.